Welcome to the Real Family Guys podcast with Jeff Emery and Trey Gibson, the show where education and experience collide to help you go deeper in your parenting. Broadcasting from Abilene, Texas, here are your hosts, Jeff and Trey. Well, hello and welcome to this episode of the Real Family Guys podcast. This is the show where experience and education collide. LOL. To go deeper in your parenting. The date today is May the 13th. 2016, it is Friday the Friday. 13th, the 13th, Jeff. Now, that's just scary. I don't know why that's scary. Nothing ever bad happens on Friday the 13th unless you're in the I don't movie. know. It's, it's a f- supposed to be a full moon tonight, too. Did you know that? Oh, Lord have mercy. You're talking with double <laughs> whammy in it, man. Something bad is going to happen. Our Maybe. topic for today is Roflamp. That's right, Roflamp. What the heck is Roflamp? That means rolling on the floor, laughing at my parenting. Today we're going to talk a little bit. Uh, we're going to do a little more of a just kind of a fun tongue-in-cheek show today. Jeff stumbled on a great website uh, that just had some f- absolutely hilarious uh, humor that is associated with some cartoons and some scientific perspectives. Basically it was the what, what was it? The scienceofparenting.com. Right, right. And what they've done is, is they've taken these what, what sound like pseudo-scientific names and they've added them uh, to things that happen every day in parenting with an illustration, and they're hilarious. So Jeff and I have pulled our favorite today. We're going to talk a little bit about those, add some funny stories, ridiculous stuff that has happened to us in our parenting that are going to be absolutely fun. So stay tuned. A lighter show today. We're going to have a lot of fun. We'll get to that here in just a second. Before we do that, let's get to some quick housekeeping. If you guys want to stay notified of all the new episodes that come out here at the Family Podcast Network, or excuse me, the Real Family Guys Podcast, go to thefamilypodcastnetwork.com. Over on the right-hand side, you'll see a little place where you can enter your name and your email address. Click on that for us, would you? When you put your name and email address in there, you will get added to a list to make sure that you know when all of our new shows come out. We do not sell any third to any information to third-party uh, sites, and we don't get rid of that. That stays just between us. So jump on there and do that. Make sure you stay notified of when all the new episodes are coming out. Hey, got any questions for us, comments? You want to throw out a question that we'll put you on the show? We want to put you on the show and hear what you guys are talking about. Simple, easy way to do that. You can go to, uh, you can email us at Trey Gibson at the Family Podcast Network or Jeff at TexasFamilyInstitute.org. We don't care which one of those you send them to. Shoot us your questions. We want to answer those for you guys. Let us know what you've got so that we can talk about what you want to talk about. All right, with all of the housekeeping out of the way today, Jeffrey, what are we talking about, man? Well, you know, we uh, we try to tackle some pretty tough stuff here on the show, and and uh, we go deep. Uh, we like going deep. It's it's fun. Uh, there's lots of good information out there, and and so usually that's kind of the direction that we take. But uh, we also like to laugh. We like to to enjoy ourselves and uh, and remember that uh, that parenting isn't supposed to be all serious. I mean, there's plenty of of enjoyable, um, memorable moments, and uh, and so this week. As I was as I was kind of poking around some of the different parenting websites, I stumbled across one that I have never seen before. I don't know how Trey, I don't know how I've never run across this because it is hilarious. Yeah. It's a, it's a, 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 a it's it's a website, I guess. They've got blogs and and posts and and cartoons and and they've written a book. So I don't know. There's a bunch of different things, but it's scienceofparenthood dot com. And uh, what attracted me is uh, is I was looking for something fun, something funny to kind of lighten things up. And these are a bunch of cartoons. Uh, so there's illustrations. And on the illustration, it's written, like Trey said, some some pseudoscientific phrase like uh, the visibility paradox or or um, Schrodinger's backpack or Archimedes bath time principle. So it all sounds very scientific, but it applies it to real life parenting situations that are shared experiences that I know as I was looking through it, I was like, yep, yep, that's what happened. Uh-huh. Oh, and I'd laugh at it because it was 
I, I don't know. It's it's like when you listen to a comedian who's like an observational comedian, like Seinfeld. You know, he 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 just points out real life things and does it in, in a funny way. So this is real life parenting stuff, uh, but it illustrates something I think is really important that if we're going to be the best parent that we can be. <laughs> We're going to mess up sometimes, and we've got to just laugh at ourselves because if we don't, everyone else will. <laughs> well, so. and I, I highly recommend that if you guys get the opportunity, we'll have a link in the show notes today. Go to sci- the sci- scienceofparenting.com. Well, like I said, we'll have it linked in there. There is a ton of stuff. I, I'll be honest. I just spent the time looking through these illustrations, and Jeff mentioned when we were getting ready for the show that there was more to it, and then I started going through it, and there is a ton of stuff. Funny, interesting. I, I, you guys are going to love it, so make sure you go swing by there and check them out. So let's jump right in, Trey, because uh, I, I think you and I both, as we were like sharing which ones were our favorites, um, I don't know how far back it goes, but I, I kind of stopped bookmarking the ones that, that I wanted to talk about tonight at like 20. So I've got <laughs> I've got probably more material than That's we're going to be able to cover. I, we, I right. had to like have a thin out session before we started the show because I had too many. So I have a column of most definitely we have to talk about would be fun, and then the ones that like if we don't talk about, I'll be okay. So, Well, um, I want to I start out just by... Um, telling the the idea that uh, that when I when I first started as a youth minister, one of the, the principles I learned in youth ministry is that you can't take yourself too seriously because um, the kids are gonna are gonna tease you and push your your buttons and and laugh at you and and make you feel uncomfortable. And if that bothers you, you are going to be a failure as a youth minister. You've got to be able to laugh at yourself. And I've I've known adults to take themselves too seriously or they get too stressed out or something like that. But life's too funny. Sometimes you just have to <laughs> laugh at things. And uh, and so that's kind of what I had in mind. Even as a parent, I, I think that successful parents are able to model for our kids not only um, the life skills that we want them to to have when they grow up, but also how to have fun and how to laugh at ourselves and how to you know break from the from the normal. And I got to tell you, Trey, my kids make me laugh almost every day. Um, I take great joy in in their their wit and their and their puns and their sense of humor and their silliness and when they do something that that is just I, I want to yell or scream sometimes I just have to laugh and I just have to say you know it is what it is so with that in mind we're going to jump into some of these relatable uh, science apparent cartoons uh, and so what we're going to do obviously we're losing the visual medium because this is a a, a vocal medium uh, doing a podcast but uh, but we'll describe it to you if uh, if it's interesting you can find it in the show notes you can go look it up for yourself uh, but we definitely recommend that you run by the scienceapparenthood.com okay so First one I wanted to point out was one called Schrodinger's Backpack. Uh, and Trey, you mentioned this one doesn't doesn't always um, happen in the uh, uh, Gibson household because you guys are doing the homeschooling thing. But on a regular basis, um, this is something that we come across. Okay, Schrodinger's Backpack is the quantum state in which your child's homework simultaneously <laughs> exists in both a completed state and a holy crap, it's 10 p.m. and you haven't even started and it's due tomorrow state. <laughs> Every stinking time one of the kids comes to, hey, would you help me get this? All right, well, what are you doing? And they tell us, wow, okay, all right, well, when's it due? Tomorrow. Are you serious? And, of course, you know, there's a lesson. You could, you could let your kid fail at something. But then there's this, like, competitive parenting thing. It's like, I'm, oh, okay, we're going to do this, and we're going to stay up all <laughs> night if that's what it takes. And next thing you know, you're, like, taking over your kid's project, and you're, like, trying to make it sound like a, a second grader wrote it. And I'm like, 
do you know the word uh, relativity? Um, because <laughs> I, I think your teacher might call you out on this one, kid. So for those for those of you guys that may not know exactly what Schrodinger is, Schrodinger was a, a scientist, and uh, he 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 popularized a thing called Schrodinger's cat. And what he basically said was is that he had a box there, and he said that inside that box there existed basically two alternatives: one that there was a cat that was in there, or well, two, that the cat was alive, or two, that the cat was dead. So he said basically that those two realities existed at the exact same time, and it wasn't until you opened the box that one of those realities actually presented itself. So while it was closed, the cat was both alive and dead within the box, and it wasn't until the box was open that reality presents itself. So that's where right. that comes from, if anybody is not familiar with Schrodinger stuff. That was one of my favorites, but <laughs> not because we can connect with it, but just because it was I mean, it was such a witty connection between parenting and Schrodinger. It just made me laugh. Well, and, and it goes back to the scientific, you know, quantum physics. I'm obviously not not a, a super sciencey guy, but um, but yeah, it's quantum physics says that uh, that the act of observing something changes its its right. its state, right? right. Uh, it's that whole kind of if a tree <laughs> falls like in the wood, no, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> if you if you observe that it's that it's done, then uh, you know Murphy's law says that <laughs> it's it's not going to be done. And so if uh, but if you don't pay attention to it, then got, so anyhow, it's a uh, it's a relatable thing because I have spent many a night or my wife has spent many a night um, trying to help the kids get something done and alternately trying not to, to pile on the blame wanting to help them be responsible. I mean, it's this weird, almost a, a, a dual state that the parent exists into the, the state of simultaneously being frustrated enough to wring your kid's head off and, uh, and compassion enough that you want to help them do well. So there's, there's, I guess there's two quantum states going on for the kid and for the parent. Yeah, yeah, I agree. All okay, right. so my first one was uh, was, and this is the most relatable, largely because this one is uh, uh, very uh, fresh for me. But it's called Chuck Economics, right? <laughs> and so you see this picture of this guy who's got his bill filled out, and he's opening it up, and this kid is just surrounded by these tickets, obviously from Chuck E. Cheese. So Chuck Economics is the amount of real money that you will spend before your child earns enough to go buy a twenty five cent. <laughs> Glow stick, yes. And the, honestly, the stuff they have at the redemption counter—it yes. is it's junk. It's trash. I could go to Oriental Trading and buy five five hundred of the things <laughs> that they've got up there for uh, you know the amount of twenty five dollars worth of of tokens. I think that every stinking time we're there, and I have to remind myself. Part of the joy is 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 playing the game, but it, it just feels like it's over so stinking quickly that I'm like, seriously, that was like two tokens. That's like, or or one swipe of the card, you know, depending on where you're at. But that's like a dollar for like four <laughs> minutes worth of fun, and they got ten tickets from. And then I look over the redemption counter, the thing they're trying to get, like a a flute or a you know a ukulele or something like that, and it costs like seven hundred tickets, and I'm. Looking at my wallet, going, nope, <laughs> yeah. not gonna happen tonight. <laughs> Let me tell you, I get like, see, like for me, like I take this in a state of rebellion because, like, I'm like, I gotta beat the system. So I'm out there, like, always, I'm always trying to play the game. Like, I'm, I'm like, you know, my best version of of counting cards as I can be when I, when I go to Chuck E. Cheese because I'm going to the machines that I know I can get the most out of. But even then, I sat down a while back, Jeff. This is no joke. Like, this is how this is how dorky I get about this crap. <laughs> I got so bad I sat down and did a cost a cost for profit analysis on this to see how much I was doing and even with what I felt was incredible behavior out there with my tokens it still was a fraction of the amount of money that I actually put into oh, I it bet. Even with me playing really, really smart. So I look, I'm out there. I'm like, no, no, Anna, you should go play that one because that one <laughs> you could do really good with that one. So it got this bad. 
that the other day, this is a true story. I really had this conversation <laughs> with my kids. I sat down with them, and, and the kids were getting ready to go to Mr. Gaddy's. Their their aunt and uncle were going to come pick them up and take the biggest ones to Mr. Gaddy's. And I said, guys, we need we need to have a talk, okay? Let's talk about the phrase. This is true. So let's talk about the phrase, the house always wins. <laughs> and they're like, what, Dad? And I... <laughs> I literally, I literally walked my kids through the 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 understanding of what gambling is, because we we refer to Mr. Gaddy's and Chuck E. Cheese as the Vegas for kids is what we, is what we call. It. I mean, think about all the bl- the flashy blinky lights and right. everything is designed to take your money and give you minimal return back. The house right. always wins, and so I am literally having a conversation with my children about gambling. At nine years old and seven years old. <laughs> and now they come in. Hey, guys, what do we remember? The house always wins that. Yes, we know. <laughs> okay. So I got to reciprocate with, with one of my not my best parenting moments. Okay. Because like you said, I'm, I too am a curmudgeon about, uh, about being on the losing side of, of these games of chance, you know, but mine is, uh, you know, you know, the claw games where it reaches down and picks up oh, like yeah. a prize or an animal or something. Oh, yeah. And you know, and I know that the mechanism itself is not like an iron class. It's That's like right. it's loose it's and goosey. It does it wiggle and you have to get the joystick just right and then it shakes as it comes down. But even when you manage to grab something, the hook itself is designed to be loose so the weight of the object, so the nicer, heavier objects are going to pull it open a little bit and it's 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 just hard to win, right? Okay, so um, it, it wasn't at Gadget or someplace. It was at a little pizza joint, Pizza Inn, I think, um, and uh, and Ethan had watched another kid who, no kidding, had gotten like five dolls in a row. I mean, this kid was on fire. He was doing really good, and he managed to get it. And Ethan was like, what is he using? <laughs> yeah, you know. He, and I don't know how much he spent to, <laughs> to be able to develop <laughs> that proficiency, bucks. you know. <laughs> but um, But he's over there doing it, and Dad's like, or Ethan's like, Dad, Dad, I can, I can do that. I said, Ethan. And I explained what I just told you, you know, it's rigged. The game is rigged and you're not going to win anything. He's like, but let me try. It's only. And of course, you know, he know, he had seen me pay for stuff. He knew I had a little bit of cash and that I could give. And I was like, son, no. And he just kept at it, kept at it. And finally I was like, all right, son. Okay. Now, once again, not my finest parenting moment, but I was determined to crush this enthusiasm. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, this is a, it'll be a hard lesson, but it will do him good in the long run, right? So, so I said, all right, son, here's the deal. I will give you this money, and you're going to go do that. And when it doesn't work, I want you to come back and tell me, Dad, I will never spend any money on one of these rigged charlatan games again. Jeff, what a control freak, man. Yeah. <laughs> And so he's like, okay, dad, but what if I win? I said, you're not going to win. <laughs> and he's oh, like, what if, what if I do? Me. And I said, if you win, then then you win and you get whatever the prize is. But but I'm telling you, son, you're not going to win. He's like, but the other kid just, I said, okay, all right, here. And I, I get, it was like a dollar, two dollars, something like that. So he goes and he does it with all the enthusiasm that his, you know, eight or nine years could muster. And he was trying his hardest and, and he wanted me to come watch him. And he went, and the claw went down, and it closed over the head of this doll, and it lifted it up just a little bit, and then it slipped open, and the doll fell back down. And you could hear his confidence break. I mean, it was like audible crack. (laughs) And he looked at me, and I'm no kidding, Trey. He was like crying. I was like, "Son, what do you need to say?" He was like, "But I just, son, what do you need to say?" I will never. 
like I said, it was not my finest parenting moment. I don't I don't recommend that you crush your children's spirits the way that, that I did. But I I hate those machines, Trey. They rob people. So <laughs> I'm anyhow, t- I'm telling you, on a microscopic scale, they're just like Vegas. That's what they're about. They're about yeah. maximizing the gain they get from you with minimal, if any, output. That's what they're about. <laughs> All right, so <laughs> we've gone way too philosophical on these machines and and gaddies and maybe a little bit. Chuck E. Cheese. All right, let's see. Uh, my next one was uh, Archimedes' bath time principle. Now, Archimedes was a, a Greek mathematician who discovered the principle of water displacement. Right, so there's there's a historical context here of mathematics. He was trying to measure the amount of gold in the in the king's crown, but the king's crown was was unevenly. Uh, you couldn't measure it with normal mathematical principles because it wasn't geometric shapes. It was you know globs of gold in a, in a crown shape. But he realized while taking a bath that he could measure the displacement of the water and tell how much gold was in the crown. And he famously said, "Eureka," which means. I, I've discovered it or, hey, whatever. Anyhow, so our community's bath time principle as it relates to parenting is the fun a child is having in the tub is equal to the amount of water splash, splashed all over the floor. <laughs> yep. I, I think there's probably a corollary here, Trey, of the amount of time your child spends whining about not wanting to take a bath is inversely proportional to the amount of fun they have in the bathtub while playing and not <laughs> wanting to get out of the bathtub once they get in. <laughs> because the, now it's a little bit different now that my kid's a little bit older, but I remember when they were in that rubber ducky stage where they, they did stay and they, there were toys and you had to like stay in the bathroom to make sure they didn't drown. I would literally go change clothes into shorts and something I didn't mind getting wet because oh, yeah. no kidding. They do. They just splash everywhere. And, and I, I was guaranteed almost. In fact, I, I think there were some cases when they were really young. You may as well just get in the tub with them. You're going to get just as wet yeah. as, as they, are, they are, even if you're sitting outside the tub. Now, I have a, I have a thing <clears throat> that it is a guarantee that when I have bath time, I mean, it, it's like it's like a, it's a house thing now that I am going to come out with totally soaked pants. I mean, that's just the way it is. I don't really know why it is. I never try to do it. I'm always attempting to avoid wet pants syndrome, but it happens every stinking <laughs> time, Jeff. I'm telling you, and, and it's yep. always, and sometimes it's the kids splashing, and sometimes it's the because we, you know, we have so many kids that we have the the sprayer with a detachable head, you know, so you can oh, yeah, yeah. bring that down. You know, we have that in every single house that we, every single bathroom in our house because those are just necessary, and uh, I I, it never seems to fail. The, the I'm doing great, right? And I've got and I've got all these hairs, and I've got different hairs because I I have I have little African American baby hair that I've got to also do, and that's a little bit different what I have to do to it. And so and I'm very precise and I'm very meticulous in getting that right. But it never seems to fail that I go to, and I'm I set down this water sprayer, and I'm so confident <laughs> in how I've set this thing, and I'm like, ha look at this, I've got it. And it never seems to fail that that little sucker winds up getting tension, and it rolls over, and the next thing you know, like, I'm, I'm doing the, the classic, you know, movie, you know, I'm fighting this thing, and it's punching me in the face, and I get soaked, but it's always my pants, I always, I always, I always soak my britches, and so every time I get out, I call that pant 30, and pant 30 is when I finally reach the point that it is socially and morally acceptable for me to lose pants, and they're not going back on. And so that kind of expedites pant 30 whenever they're totally hosed, because, you know, you just can't walk around in wet pants, I'm just saying. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You, so you may as well just... Thanks, like Archimedes, said, bath time principle. He, he, he nailed it right there, yeah. All right, what's your next one? Sorry about that. You caught me mid-swig at Dr. Pepper. <laughs> okay, my next one was the snowstorm Stockholm syndrome. 
And so I'm going to I'm going to substitute. We here Jeff and I both live in West Texas and so we don't see a whole lot of snowstorms, not like many places do. So we can substitute that right now with rainstorm. Oh, uh, yeah. Stockholm syndrome right now, which we had last night. By the we way. have had tons of those for about the last two months. It has been the rainiest that we have ever seen in a long time here in West Texas. Uh, it says the rush of gratitude you feel when your children grant you five minutes of peace on a rain day. So again, I'm substituting rain day for snow day in this particular case. But I get this. We have seven kids inside the house and some of them are too little to go back outside but let me tell you i love it when there are little bitty tiny things like this that get my kids attention that means that they are going to go the crap outside <laughs> now my kids are homeschooled so it's a little bit it's a little bit different for us because they i mean they have the opportunity to be trapped inside all day it, one of the reasons that we bought phoenix ranch like we did is because it has five flipping acres a creek and more uh, geological things. That, I mean, petrified wood, uh, uh, petrified um, um, uh, ocean life, that kind of stuff, all sorts of super cool stuff out here. And like so little we, fossils and stuff? Fossils, thank you. Holy mother of Moses. I couldn't think of the word <laughs> fossil. We have all this stuff out here, right? But it still seems to happen that my kids want to be inside all the flipping time. And so I love it when there is something like a like a rainstorm that comes. And I'm like, I foresee in my future, I'm like, these kids are going to go outside and get mud all over their flipping selves. <laughs> and I see that. And I fully am aware of that, and I don't care. I'm like, right, yeah. I just need that 10 minutes. Cause I, and let me tell you, I am a very big guy on, on consensual type stuff. My kids, I don't want to force my kids to do things in almost all cases. I want them to consent to do things. But I, I, I struggle with one area where I'm just like, go the crap outside, child. Go outside. If you come inside this house, I will bite your face off. I will do that. And so whenever a snow, whenever a rainstorm comes, I'm like, yes, I don't have to come up with an excuse to you go outside. And they'll just go outside. It's wonderful. A minute's piece. Isn't it funny that, that we get to that point, no matter how much we love our kids, that we just, <laughs> I, I need I need to go to the bathroom by myself. Or <laughs> I, I need you to, to let me sit down without, I, I Somebody pointed out to me that, that uh, you know, when they were growing up, their their parents were very much, you know, parents eat first, kids come second, and it seems to be reversed now. And I feel like, because we're always making dinner and then we clean up and stuff like that, that I, I, I'm at the point where my kids are able to serve themselves and, and get up, but they're still conditioned to, Dad, will you bring me a napkin? And I'm like, okay, I've been standing here cooking. I've dished out the stuff. You have got your plate. I just sat down after like an hour and a half of getting everything ready. You can get up and get yourself a gosh darn napkin. <laughs> <laughs> no? oh, Dad, would you, yes. hey, would you, while you're up, would you? And I'm like, no, no, you've got legs, right? Makes me sound like a bad parent, but uh, they can do it, right? So I get it. All right, let's see. Um, okay, so this is a, another relatable one that uh, I think uh, most parents can relate to. This one is entitled Structural Fluidity. And it's defined as your child's ability to instantly alter their bone density to slip, just <laughs> hold. Right? We actually have a name for this, right? We call it going, uh, going boneless, like a, a boneless chicken. Yeah, we call it floppy fish. <laughs> okay, I bet there's some other names out there for it too. But, but um, uh, I haven't had a chance to experience it so much as the kids have gotten a little bit older and and more arms and legs than anything else. But man, when I remember trying to get them dressed. You know, and you're just trying to put their their pants on or put a shirt over their head and you pick them up and and you're almost like like you're putting a pillowcase on. You're like trying to, you know, (laughs) you can't see me right now, but I'm like, it's like I have a pair of pants in my hand. I'm shaking it up and down trying to get my kid to go. (laughs) 
Oh, man, yeah, boneless. And my kids were experts at it. You know, it always impresses me that kids, that, I, I mean, like I've got, I've got, I've got a, a, my adopted daughter. She is so strong and she is, is just got amazing muscle control and it's, it's really incredible. And it always impresses me that like with the certain things that all of a sudden she just, bleh. and I'm like, how do you even do that? I mean, are you molecularly <laughs> like manipulating the molecular structure of your bones? How in the world did you even been like that? I don't I, understand. I'm pretty sure that's what you're right. That's what's going on. <laughs> yeah, there's some kind of weird stuff going on here. Okay, was that yours? Do we get all? Yeah, yours? that was it. Just, just the bonus. It's, it's a relatable. So this next one is actually a personal request of my wife. Uh, she asked me to push the. I, I sent this to her, and she absolutely loved it. And so we, she wanted me to share it on her behalf. So this is actually from my wife Corey. This one is delusions of launder, and uh, <laughs> this one says the false impression that you are ever truly done. With the laundry, my wife gave three thumbs up. I don't know how she did it, but she did, because this is one that she absolutely agrees. Now we we're in a weird situation. We've got seven kids, all under the age of ten at this point, and uh, but that's one of those things that it, that Corey said that like she'll work hard. She'll she'll spend all day on laundry and getting things washed and folded and and put up. And she said it always feels like she gets done. She goes back and looks, and every single we have one of those stackable. Uh, systems that all the laundry hampers stack on top of each other. And yeah. she said every time it feels like, y- you know, that you get done with when you have to start over. And, and we always we always call it, we actually call it Golden Gate Bridge. But y- uh, the Golden Gate Bridge is so big and so long that whenever they, they start painting the Golden Gate Bridge and they move their ways across, that, that traditionally once they finish painting the Golden Gate over. Bridge, they literally have to begin and they start back over at the side that they left. And they start back over and they, and they start painting it over again. So we call it in our household... Instead of delusions of laundry, we call it Golden Gate Bridging, and uh, because it, it seems as though the minute that we go through this long process and we get done, quote unquote, by the time we get back with seven kids, especially, uh, I mean, we, oh, yeah. we've got to start all the way over. Oh yeah, I uh, I saw a picture recently that, that kind of captured this for me as well. Um, I, I like her her phraseology and her pun there, delusion, delusions of laundry. Uh, but I saw a picture of. Um, it had like two panels, and the top panel was uh, a still from the, a movie called The NeverEnding Story. You remember that one with Falcor the Dragon and Artreyu? That's my wife's favorite. That? Oh, that's my wife's favorite movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's the the this two panel picture. The first panel was that picture was him on on um, on Falcor, you know, with his arm up, and and it said The NeverEnding Story as a kid, and then on the bottom it had a pile of laundry. It said The NeverEnding Story <laughs> as an adult. <laughs> So I, I can relate to that too. We've we've only got three kids, but uh, but it feels like uh, every every week. But you really um, you really get this impression that you're done. I mean, you take a look at look look at what I've conquered, and you get this feeling like you're actually finished. But it, I mean, they're absolutely right. As funny as this is, it's a delusion. It is not well, reality. Well, when you think about it, even if if everything that you're not wearing has been washed, folded, dried, and put away. The moment you get ready for bed that night, you have in your household seven sets of clothing. Yeah, yeah that's right. A, a, a pants, a shirts, underwear, and any other uh, uh, you know accessories you've been wearing, and you that's a that's a pile of laundry right there, Trey. Yeah, yeah, agreed. Anyhow, so yeah, I I, I think Corey's right. If it's possible to give it more thumbs up than three, this is definitely relatable. All right, so for those of us who occasionally get to travel and do things, which is not as often as we'd like, uh, this is, is going to be relatable as well. This is called the destination arrival equation, and she's got it set up as like a mathematic principle. It says, whining times frequency 
uh, multiplied by parental annoyance squared equals miles left to travel. <laughs> and, and in the picture, you've got the dad in the front seat with the, like high, his eyes are like half like he's been driving forever. Mom is like leaning out the window with her eyes rolling, and then daughter's in the background background with her. And she's crying, and brother is is next to her, obviously upset, saying something to her. And I'm just like, yes, so much yes. This is what happens in cars. It just feels like. Oh, once you've exhausted the songs and whatever. Now, it's gotten a little bit easier, Trey. Um, we recently were able to um, to get a 10-year-old a van. Well, it was new to us, though, but it has a DVD system built into it. And, uh, and so that has turned a four-hour car trip into two movies and a bathroom break. Yep, dude. Listen, I will not make fun of anybody for having a TV in there. We we have we we had a, a, a still have a, a Honda Pilot, and that came with the built-in TV in it. And let me tell you, that thing has changed. Uh, that might have been the very thing that made us actually think we could handle seven kids. Was, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was having a TV inside there, but no, no, I absolutely, I, I absolutely agree that TVs. Uh, that's that's how we've dodged some of those bullets. Oh, and we have seven kids, so driving anywhere sucks. We just don't do it a whole lot. <laughs> that, that too, that too. Uh, you know, I, and the other the other experience I have, uh, in, and she can make a cartoon out of this because I think this is golden too. It feels like the last like ten miles home is equal to half the actual distance you've traveled. You know what <laughs> that's I mean? Right. Yeah, that's right. Like you're driving back, you're like, oh, we're almost home, and it's at that point that it feels like it takes another four hours. I don't know what it is. It's you know, relativity, I'm sure. We were talking about Modern Family last time week, dilation, and uh, I love the main character, the mom in in Modern Family, and she made a quote in one of the episodes, maybe a year or two ago, mm-hmm. that they were on, they were all on vacation, and uh, Phil had come up, and he was like, "Man, why don't you just relax? We're on vacation," and she just gave him that absolutely, completely <laughs> incredulous stare, and she goes, "I'm a mom. I don't take vacations. I take business trips." And I thought that was, was that's exactly right. I mean, I think about it's the how, only time you get away from the mom role. That's right? right. That's right. Well, I started thinking about it. What you know, whenever we used to like when Corey and I would go on trips ourselves, it was vacation. It was fun. But the minute you started adding kids in there, they all become business trips, and you have to plan everything out. And so you don't take vacations and relax anymore. It was all big business trips. I mean, everything has become like that. You know, I I think you totally need to segue to the one uh, that you were talking about earlier about um. um that you don't enjoy anything anymore when you're all traveling together. Do you remember the one I'm talking about? No, I don't remember that one. Yeah, one of the, one of the cartoons that you were talking about earlier was that when you go to like the zoo or something like that, or you're or you're at some desti- vacation destination, um, the amount of money that you spend is equal to everybody having the least amount of fun they can be having at the same time. I'm oh, I know it. the one you're talking about. Let's see if I can find it here. Yeah, family fun fluctuation. Family Fun Fluctuation says the more vested that you are on your child having the best time ever, the yeah. less fun either of you will actually have. I have found that that is – see, and here's – let me tell you this. I'm going to make fun of my wife now. My wife <laughs> is a type A personality planner. Uh, she – I mean, she she plans out everything, and she loves to do that. It, it's great for, like, when we host parties and stuff like that. There's not a better person that I would want in charge putting that stuff together. However – <laughs> Let me tell you about Anna's first birthday party. She was old enough to remember. My wife was like, so my my wife really kind of had a very a sad childhood in a lot of ways. And like she she tells stories of like when she turned. 
13 and stuff like that. She came home and everybody forgot about her birthday. Like, literally. I mean, like, she has lots of stories. I mean, just, I mean, she takes it. She's okay, she says. But, I mean, they're heartbreaking stories. And she came in expecting to have a cake and everybody forgot. She wound up having to make dinner for everybody. Nobody said a word. She went to bed. Nobody ever even knew that it was her 13th birthday. Wow. So she grew up with something. So she's very vested in wanting to (laughs) to produce these guys. And I remember that my wife spent i don't even i i i we i mean like we almost got divorced because of this because it was such a pain in the butt but she she <laughs> planned this elaborate party for anna's first birthday party that she she was old enough to remember and uh, i remember that we had like it was it was it was zoo themed because my daughter has always loved animals and you know we all had like you know you know rhino faces and everything all the tables were in like giraffe print plastic and all that other other kind of stuff and i remember that we put all that stuff into it and she says well anna do you have a good birthday and she just looked and goes meh <laughs> <laughs> i mean she had to be what 4 years old maybe 3 years old meh <laughs> family fun fluctuation. The more vested that you are in your child having the best time ever, the less fun that either of you will actually have. And I'll be honest, it was a miserable experience for us. We modified everything that year and how we did birthdays because, I mean, we were miserable because we spent so much time setting up to have this one little experience that was a solid met, apparently. And then we had to break down, and it sucked so bad. Wow. Yeah, I uh, I've, I don't think that we've ever gone gone to such an extreme that we were we were more vested in it than than our kids were. But uh, but I, I can certainly I can certainly relate to that that uh, that you do is and and I've seen some parents that oh my goodness that you're like okay is this for the kid or is this for you right um, because it's it's pretty complex. I have found um, once again a corollary to this kind of um, family uh, fun fluctuation that you're talking about is that. The kids are just as likely to have fun playing with the wrapping paper as they are with the present. You know That's what I mean? That's right. Yeah. 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 Christmas time, they're like, look, and they're over there. You know, we spent all this money and time finding this thing. We had to go to eBay and Craigslist and some shady back alley you know, kind of deal to get this present for them. And they pull it out of the box and they climb in the box and start playing with the tissue paper. And you're yeah, like, That's seriously? Right. <laughs> that's right. All right. All right. Go ahead. You had no. one for for Corey a little while ago, the uh, the laundry one. Uh, this one is for Amelia um, because she there's a longstanding joke in in our family. Lacks the ability to nap, not because she doesn't want to, or because she, there's not that that deep desire, because she just has the worst luck. Uh, so the nap time disruption, <laughs> the nap time <laughs> disruption theorem is. The more time you spend lulling your baby to sleep, the more likely the delivery guy will ring your doorbell just yes. as the baby's finally drifting off. Now, being out at the Phoenix Ranch, you guys may be uh, immune to no. door-to-door salesmen. No, really? No, we're not. Well, maybe not door-to-door salesmen, but we still, I mean, we do, because we're so far out of town, we order a lot. And so we've oh, okay. almost always got UPS, FedEx, that kind of stuff. Or seven or six other freaking kids. <laughs> okay, fair enough, fair enough. <laughs> Well, Amelia um, has has been known to even uh, like the best gift you can give her is alone time. You know, just like okay, hey, you know what? What'd you get Amelia for Mother's Day? Uh, I took all the kids and we stayed at the mall for five hours. They're like, wow, why'd you yeah. do that? Because Amelia wanted to sleep. And then I'll get home and I'll say, so did you get an app? And she goes. Well, you know, one of my friends was having something go on, and so I was on the text. I was like, why don't you just turn your phone off? And she's like, I don't know. Or, well, yeah, except that, you know, Eleanor's friend called five times wondering if she'd come over to play, even after I told her she's not home. Or, you know, you name it, and there's something that's gone on. I don't think Amelia has actually slept since 1997. (laughs) So, yeah, I, I think she would totally give this one a thumbs up. 
Yeah, Corey would agree with this one as well. It does seem to be the the natural progression of things. And I get I get like like ragey text every so often from Corey because <laughs> <laughs> this is like I have put that kid down five times and somebody has slammed the door and woke the kid up. <laughs> okay, let's see. Mine is Occam Stroller. I had to share this one. This one is so funny, and this one's recent for me, which makes this funny. It says Occam Stroller. When choosing between two models, simpler is better, which will become obvious after you've bought the fancy <laughs> ride. And, and let me tell you, we've fallen for this over and over. So I was looking at pictures of strollers the other day. I was going through my Facebook page, and I have this I have this one folder in my Facebook page that, that like, you know, it documents our trips to, like, zoos and things like that, any outings that we've done as a family. So obviously, when you go on an outing of family, what do you bring with you if you're going to be walking? Well, you bring strollers. And I was looking Absolutely, through yeah. this just the other day. It's so funny that I even read this one. And I was looking at, like with Anna, I saw her very first one. We were poor. We were simple. And guess what we had? We had the simple umbrella strollers, what we had bought. Those and are amazing. Yeah. They're great, right? They're great. We have like 18 of them around this house for whatever reason. And the <laughs> kids love playing with them. And so I, wa- I went to the next one. Then when we had you know Anna and Grant, and I noticed that we had, we had bought this nicer one that was a little more sophisticated. It came with two seats and some cup holders and stuff like that. And then I started. Then I noticed that like the next one was like the the three seater limousine one, and it, it could lock in all this stuff. And then I noticed that like by the by the fourth one, right, we've got like these things that like should change diapers for us because they're so <laughs> complex and they've got all this crap all over them. And then the next thing you know, we got smart. And then by the fifth and the sixth one we had these little tiny umbrella strollers again right it was like we de-evolved in our <laughs> desires for these things even though we had a whole bunch of kids and this is exactly true what we found was is that you could keep buying all these complex ones but something will go flipping wrong now you say oh well, like something breaks yes that did happen a lot of stuff breaks but then you start moving into like the social aspects of a stroller so who gets to ride in the extra spot? If you have like the limousine <laughs> stroller, next thing you know, you're moving into like these political debates about this who should get to ride. This is bad as calling shotgun. And then you gotta like start like picking out. Okay, we gotta start putting you on rotation, or somebody's upset. And I was like, holy crap! I wish I was brought a stupid umbrella stroller this whole time. Simpler <laughs> is better, and it's absolutely right. Occam stroller is exactly right. You always go simple because it's better than if you buy fancy stuff. Always, because reality is they're just gonna fall asleep in anyway. That's right. That's right. Wow, you know, I I can imagine that uh, having having seven. Actually, it's kind of funny. I remember um, before Army was born, um, I ran into Corey one day at Walmart. I, um, I I just happened to be there in the middle of the day, and she was there, and she had one of the one of the um, little carts because of course she was pregnant, and you know, and she had all the other kids with her, and I was like, oh, is this special occasion? And she looks at me, and she's like. No, Jeff, we're we're just shopping. <laughs> and I'm just like, I was like, wow. And and you're you're corralling all of them. And one of them, uh, I think Grant was pushing the the cart. And and I was just like, man, more power to you. I, I can't imagine that kind of outing. But yeah, you need you need something to carry the kids in if you're going to go someplace like the zoo or even shopping or something like that. So anyway, I, I just had this picture in my mind of, of trying to corral all seven kids and different strollers and everything. You almost need like four other adults there to help, right? Oh, it's. It says the. I mean, what 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 has happened is is that our kids have had to grow up faster. I mean, you know, than than in a lot of ways than than others because I mean we couldn't do it without without Anna and Grant and really Cora is starting to figure that out as well. Now we pay our kids generously when they help us out. If they'll if they work like adults and they work as hard as adults, we pay them. I mean, we'll pay our kids minimum wage if they do if they do heavy duty work. And mm-hmm. anyway, but if it wasn't for them, we could. I mean, we couldn't do it. And I say all that in agreement that I mean, you kind of have to have. You have to have a lot more eyes because it can get treacherous. 
All right. Um, Time-wise, I think I, I've got time for one more. You want to do one more each? I've got one more, and that'll cover all my must-covers. Okay, great, great. All right, so my last one uh, here at the scienceofparenthood.com is the law of urinary dynamics. <laughs> <laughs> and it's it's a funny picture because it's got this little boy standing in front, you know, with his back to you in the picture, standing in front of a of a toilet, uh, obviously doing his business. And there's like yellow drawings all over the wall where he's anyhow. Um, I don't think that, that we ever had uh, a, a really hard time. I don't remember a hard time potty training with, with Ethan as far as having Pigo everywhere. Um, and I grew up with four sisters. And so Amelia jokes sometimes that I came pre-trained because I put the seat down and I usually sit down to go anyhow. So, you know, it, it's not super messy. But I do have a funny story about, about potty training that this made me think of. Um, and Amelia thinks, <laughs> thinks it's gross. She thought it was gross at the time. But, uh, but one of the things that Eleanor just the only way that, that she would go and kind of, you know, do her business was at one time I was trying to get her to go after having sat there for like 30 minutes. Eleanor, please just, if you're not going to, no, no, I'm not done. All right. And we'd sit there, daddy help. And I'm like, what do you mean help? She goes, help. And so I, she's sitting on the toilet there and I, and I put my hands on her side and I just kind of squeeze. I was like, all right, let's push it out. Squeeze. And for the next year, I probably every time she went, I had to go in there and squeeze it out of her because <laughs> that was like the only way that she was like, well, it, it worked. And so anyhow, so I don't know what kind of um, what kind of scientific sound you think the the, the law of, of, of the daddy squeeze or something. I don't know. That just sounds weird. But um, but yeah, there's all sorts of funny potty training stories out there, I'm sure. Let us hope that Ellie never hears this episode. Ever. She listens to these sometimes when she goes to sleep. She'll she'll bring up the Real Family Guys podcast and she goes, I'd like to hear you talk while I sleep, Daddy. I'm like, oh, that's so sweet. She's going to hear this and come wake me up. And, <laughs> Dad! <laughs> okay, let's see. Last one for me is, I, I actually, I, I, got, I got stuck between two. So I, I had to pick one, and I made my decision. My last one is triple vision. The ability to see both kids amazing feats at opposite sides of the playground <laughs> while secretly looking... At your phone. At your phone. <laughs> now I have never done this before. Oh, of course not. Ever. No, I totally do this all the time. I'll be out there because, like, apparently kids have this mentality that if you didn't see it happen, it never happened. It physically never happened. Like literally, reality ceased existing. It was Schrodinger's. It was Schrodinger's cat, and you open the box, and the cat was dead. Their their feat of amazingness didn't happen Happened. unless you did it. And so we've like so I'm I'm like I'm clever in mine now because I have glasses that completely reflect everything and so you can't see my you can't see my eyes. Good. Way to go kid. And so but we'll get that. We have this happen all the time. We have a little field out in the back on the other side from the creek. And we go out there and we and my wife and I set up chairs and I'll smoke my pipe while I'll let the kids play and we sit there and watch them and Corey and I visit and kind of fellowship together. And uh, so I'll be sitting out there and it never ceases to happen that the kids will will go to opposite sides of this field where there's no physical way to see both of them. <laughs> and and so like what Corey and I do is we're this is how strategic we are. We set our chairs up with overlaying fields of fire. So I'm 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 faced towards one dire- one side of the field and she turns and faces the other. So we can see we're almost crisscrossing our visions, right? And so we can see them. So like what'll happen is, is if I'm sitting there watching like Cora on this side and she's watching T on the other side and she sees what Tia does, and then Tia's like, Dad, did you see it? Then we make eye contact, and we share exactly what that person did. <laughs> so that way we know, yeah, we saw that, babe. We were looking, I promise. That's where, yeah, we're good. There's some tag team parenting going on there. <laughs> yeah, we're like a little fire team, a little tactical fire team for parenting. And so, yeah, triple vision. I totally have done this before, seeing both kids' amazing feats at opposite sides of a playground while secretly 
looking at your phone. But I've never done the phone thing. <coughs> yeah, yeah, of course not. Well, <laughs> I, I I call that the um, the uh, quantum playground stuff that that your kids and hey, daddy, watch me, watch me. Because if you don't watch it, it didn't happen, right? Mm-hmm. Just like quantum stuff, if you didn't see it happen, it didn't occur. So, um, yeah, this it can be an impossibility sometimes. And I imagine having having more to uh, to watch just means that you need another set of eyes. Well, I, and I'll be honest, I actually got in trouble with this by my wife, and we had she actually had to have a talk with me a while back because I was doing it too much, and so I, I've had to do some 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 parental modifications, if you will, uh, yeah. and putting the devices down because she, you know, she's been saying it's, you're always behind it; they're always having to get your attention through that, mm-hmm. and uh, so I've had to I've had to make some changes because of it. So anyway, so everybody that identified with me on Triple Vision, now you should feel really bad. <laughs> I'm just teasing. I'm just totally playing with you. Well, Trey, I had a lot of fun tonight. Uh, I had fun going through the Science of Parenthood website, and I had uh, I had fun hearing the uh, the shared experience of uh, of how things happen at uh, at Casa de Gibson, as well as how they're going on in, in the Emory household as well. Uh, and folks, we hope that if you've enjoyed listening to this, that you will go to the scienceofparenthood.com and check out some of these for yourself. Maybe share them on Facebook and um, and uh, help uh, help her her stuff to get out there. It's, it's super fun stuff, great observational things, and it just reminds us that uh, that doesn't matter what kind of parents we are we all we all fudge it up we all mess up we all goof and uh, the ability to laugh at ourselves is going to take us a long way to helping us uh, stay sane so that we can continue to love our kids the way that they need to be loved man outstanding take out man you'll have a great week we will look forward to getting back with you next week see you guys next week